Hello out there in podcast land. This is Timothy Weber, and I play The Apprentice on Once Upon a Time this season. You are listening to the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. Succumb not to the darkness. Welcome, Oncers. You have discovered the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. This is an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff and Colleen Roney. Hello there. Hi. We have returned from the land of RegalCon, and we are here to discuss Operation Mongoose Parts 1 and 2. Yes, if we can. Yeah, and let me... Because I am completely undone. Yes. This is podcast episode number 283. You can get to the show notes by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 283. Well, we are not going to definitely dive into RegalCon. We just want to say that no. it's amazing, cool, it awesome. We will reference little things throughout our first thoughts of the episodes Operation Mongoose Part 1 and Part 2. It was incredible, amazing, but like I said, we will be discussing it more in depth. And I will quickly tell you, if you don't follow me on Twitter, you missed the live tweeting, the pictures, and all that. So go to at O-U-A-T podcast right now and scan through all the tweets I did because sometimes the live stream was not going. But that's not why we're here. And we will discuss that whole, mm-hmm. everything that happened this weekend, which was beyond amazing. Trust me, you're going to want to listen to this episode when we do it. It'll be a new episode. Yes, and so. there's great things coming in the future that we can't talk about right now. Uh-huh. All right, Operation Mongoose Part 1. There there were so many shout-outs to all kinds of different movies and different things throughout that all just there were indeed reel them off as we go but we open in 1966 yes and scarsdale apparently yes and there was a television show on called knights of valor Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. at the at first i thought is that going to be Night Rumple? And it wasn't. It was just a television show. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me a bit of Galaxy Quest. Yeah. It, it was sort of that kind of idea. It's just a show. You know what I mean? It's just a television show. Whatever. It kind of reminded me of a few things, actually, to be truthful. It reminded me a little bit of Pleasantville. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I read that down. Absolutely. That's kind of sure. funny because you yeah. and I have not talked about this. Reminded me a little bit of that, but it also reminded me a little bit of, I know it sounds kind of kooky and wacky just because it was the 60s of That Thing You Do. That Thing You Do. <laughs> I, I totally agree. Look at this. We're on we're on the same page. Yes. And oh, see what I did there? <laughs> Sorry. Let me page them. Okay, so let's go ahead and uh, the the author who was so whatever – in the beginning of this episode is a TV salesman, which in a lot of different ways isn't really a fantastic job. I don't know if people would mention little kids. What do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be a TV salesman. Well, probably so. not. I mean, he was an aspiring writer at the time and apparently yes. wasn't very good because he was rejected by a lot of publishing companies. 
there is something about being creative and how if you can't do that thing, people will try and fit you in other things. Sure. And that's exactly what he said. No, you've you've written things. I thought you could tell a story to sell a television. You right. can't even do that. Yeah. The the guy was shocked. Oh, so. the boss was horrible. The boss. Horrible boss. And there is I've always talked about the great day when the remote control was <laughs> invented and it was a great day for mankind and we <laughs> saw that there's a picture I always used of the first, um, and it was a space command remote, the one that they showed. That's the, like, the earliest one I could find. Wow. So, anyway, it's kind of, kind of funny. But they were talking to this guy in the store, and he was a ranger. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you're a hero. And so they started to kind of weave in little things. Absolutely. And then the author, Isaac... Mm-hmm. who now we know is Isaac Heller. Yes. Which there is a famous author, Joseph Heller, and I believe, crikey, I'm going to look it up, so you keep going. There was an interesting letter that Isaac received from Star Publishing in the connection to the wizard. And he read it, and it was... It was signed Star Publishing. Yes. And by the way, last name Heller, I'm sure, is a huge shout out to Joseph Heller, who wrote the book Catch-22, which is fantastic because, as we all know, it's Catch-22, and it's exactly what it is. So that's a perfect name for him. And Isaac maybe asked him off because it's, you know, science fiction sort of so. There was a lot to me, early on especially, a lot of lost references and all kind of focus on them when they hit, but there's a lot of them. And especially when he went into this large room, I don't, it's probably a gymnasium or something, but or an old library, but it looked like a castle. Mm-hmm. When Isaac walked in yeah. to go see this man start publishing and, and see about what he's right. offering. Right. And it turns out it's The Apprentice. So now we know The Apprentice can come into time, Sure. And at this time, it was 1966, yes. to choose a new writer. Right. Now, he mentioned that the previous writer died. Yes. So we don't know who that was. And, of course, they did mention someone named Walt. And hmm. so I, I don't know if there's any connection with that at all. But Well, um, let me see. I want to say that Walt Disney himself actually passed away in 1967, but let's double check that because it may coincide very well with what we're talking about. Oh, look at that. December 15th, 1966. Yeah. So I, I think that's what they are. He Hinting was replacing Walt. Walt. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. And the... He had all these different pens laid out, and he asked Isaac, he said, choose one, and one of the pens. And it, I believe it is Walt. I believe in, with every fiber of my being that he was replacing Walt Disney. And the reason why is because Walt also, always dealt with the fairy tales, number one. Number right. two, because Walt, they were playing Christmas music in the store. Yeah, Jingle Bell was, Rock. And yeah. Walt just died right before oh, Christmas. Yeah. yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Great. And he said he recently passed. Yes. So my thinking is he is he was supposed to replace Walt. Mm-hmm. And wow. wow, 
that's ha- the the writers on this show are ridiculous. They mm-hmm. are so clever, so uh, they they write compelling stuff. Yes. So hats off to the writers. The another see what I did there. I see that. <laughs> so they had all the. So the apprentice, who whatever his name was in this 1966 scene, mm-hmm. he had all these pens laid out. And they're very different types of pens. It, they weren't all quills. And mm-hmm. so it was kind of like a wand in Harry Potter or, in a way, a lightsaber in the Star Wars film. He said, choose one. Mm-hmm. And there was – it was – he asked later, he goes, well, which one calls out to you? So there is a connection. Absolutely. And I have done some studies in swords, and there is a connection in some of the sword stories right. to the person. One can use it and be incredible with the sword. Another one who's not the right person, it either attacks him mm-hmm. or her, mm-hmm. or it doesn't do anything at all. Right. So, I mean, th- this kind of idea has been way back and actually that's funny you mentioned that because merlin sword in the stone yeah merlin pulled the sword out of the stone and Mm -hmm. that anyway so there's so many or actually anyway arthur did but based on merlin so there's all kinds of connections there so isaac chose the quill and the quill glowed yes the other thing sorry one more little Mm -hmm. connection with this is harry potter the wand would always choose the sorcerer, right. not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's why he asked. He said, well, mm-hmm. which one calls out to you? So when he picked up the quill, it glowed, which mm-hmm. was a sign right. of not only that he picked the right instrument mm-hmm. to write with, mm-hmm. but there that he was also chosen. Yeah. So it was a double-sided thing. Did you notice the variety of pens that he uh, writing implements that he had in front of him I, I did see there was a lot of different ones but i didn't really focus on there was the, the quill the yes. true quill mm-hmm. which is what he chose there was a fountain pen and there was uh looked like a a bic i, I noticed the stick, bic yeah yeah the, the which classic thought, the classic bic stick right. which is really very funny and then there was a couple more that i didn't mm-hmm. really catch but i'm sure they were you know traditional classic writing implements so and it is interesting that if you think back that there have been a lot of writing instruments that have been important to the story. Remember, mm-hmm. that's how they trapped Rumple that one Absolutely. time with the quill. Red quill. Mm-hmm. And but suppose- it wasn't really the quill. It was supposedly the ink. The ink. Right. But it was made out of magical wood sure. from the sure. magical Enchanted tree, wood. that the wardrobe and all that. Right. So I mean, there's a lot of really connections with the wood and the tree and the writing and the mm-hmm. quill and mm-hmm. all that. So. Yeah. It all is connecting together, mm-hmm. and you know there is talk. I don't know how much truth is that season five may be the final one, and so more and more connections we see within and without, but it's specifically within. You kind right. of think, well, is this it? So the he mentioned, okay. So the we saw the apprentice basically draw the portal door in out the of air. nothing. Yeah. So he, he just traced it in the air with his fingers. 
there has been something, and I can't think of it, that we've seen it before in some kind of a sci-fi or fantasy film or television show where, anyway, I, I it, it rang a bell, but I didn't know what it was. So I'm just going to say we've seen that before. I just don't know where. Yeah. But we see the, which again harkens back to season one, Once Upon a Time. He said... I see it, the door that that the apprentice opened, and I see the fairy tale forest, but I don't believe it. Yeah. And the apprentice said, well, because you see it, you do believe it. Right. And so, the, again, that's one of those stories that uh, the, the idea, seeing is believing. And if we go back to season one, August was talking to Emma, mm-hmm. and Emma doubted so much and didn't believe that she couldn't see. Yeah. So it's kind of back and forth but we see that again and so the apprentice said well you need to go and find your destiny come with me and go and find your destiny yeah Yeah. that was pretty cool and he said all of your questions will be answered yes and so it's very it's very much like a religious story or a spiritual story where a, a yogi or a master or something says Listen, I know you have a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. We're not going to answer them all here. You just need to come with me. And as you come with me, the journey, you will have all the answers right. that you need. Right. So kind of interesting there. The We then go to the next scene when they're in the book room in the sorcerer's uh, mansion. And they're flipping through all those blank books. And I still... I still want to know what that room has to do with the author and all the blank books. I don't we, think it has to do with the author at all, necessarily. Okay. I think what it is is it's just the next, like, it's the storage room for the next stories that are coming, you know, from the next author or from when the author gets his act together, which this one wasn't going to. So, and by the way, that was the first scene where I literally just kind of went, this is beyond surreal. It was beyond surreal this weekend. Yes. Watching them walk into a room and standing, you know, less than five feet, shaking their hand, giving them hugs, talking to them. It was beyond surreal. But it was now even more surreal to watch them on TV tonight. So that was the first thought I had was I'm like, oh, right. we were just talking to these people. Like literally a few hours ago, just talking when, to some of these folks. When August walked in the room... I said, man, I was talking to this actor two feet from them, looking at their face, and it was really, it, it was surreal. And was. we are going to say moments like this as we go through this episode. Yeah. But it was so interesting because Ian Bailey had a little longer beard, but in the show, it was shorter. It was yeah. scruffier. He had a Raiders look. But anyway, I was so happy to see him yes. in there. Yes. And we are kind of used to, in the finale, we see more of the cast members that we haven't seen for a while, maybe. Right. And, and in the premiere episodes as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he had mentioned that he met the apprentice in Phuket. Yes. So Phuket is something that's very important to him. That's where he went sure. to kind of relax and chill out. And then that's where he stayed. That was his. And he, we even talked about this back in season one. We always felt like Phuket was his pleasure, pleasure island. island. Absolutely. And that's where he went to kind of get away and not really face reality. And 
have friends over and have sleepovers and meet the apprentice. Now, we don't know exactly what they talked about, what they discussed, but he drew a picture of the apprentice. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. uh, And I love the hook goes, I know this man. Yeah. Everyone's like, wait, what you do? And then the whole kind of thing spilled out, and that's when they ended up at the apprentice's house. So it's another hook. It's another lost kind of a thing. Yeah. Is the connections of everyone. They all know this person. But see, they've never talked about it, so they would yeah. never know. Yeah. And and you're right. The hook said, I know this person. And then they went, and they somehow Blue was brought there. Well, they, yeah, they called her because yeah. they knew she could probably get him out of the hat because she'd been in there. Mm-hmm. So Blue had this broom. Now, I, I would make an assumption that the broom is another kind of a shout-out or tip of the hat to the apprentice section of Fantasia with the dancing brooms and there was a walking broom and all that kind of a thing. So Blue did her magic with the broom and pulled out the apprentice out of the hat in the little yeah. thing that looked like the well, because she needed water something. Buckets. Yeah, she said the only way to do it was with if they had something of the apprentices, and the broom was perfect. So, and as we kind of go through this, now we start another. This is not necessarily a hero's journey, but there there are certain parts of it. This is more of a call to action for the group because the apprentice basically is yanked out of this hat. Mm-hmm. And then he says, we, we have to get the author back in that book. We yeah. have to do it now. Yeah, yeah. And you still have the page, you have the key, go get it because we got to get him back in that book. Yeah. And so the then we have a scene with Rumple. And the author, and the author's like, you know, your heart is going to turn to coal. And he said, the dark one will never be the content one. Right. And he says, we need to write a story where up is down. Yeah. And where villains get their happy ending. And did up is down ring a bell with you on anything? No. Oh. Well, go ahead. Totally. Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. The third or fourth movie where they went and ended up having to go to the underworld to get, you know, Davy Jones Locker to rescue uh, Captain Sparrow, Captain Jack. Remember? Mm-hmm. And when they had the map and they started doing it and then they both realized up is down. They had to rock the ship to turn it upside down in order to get back. Hmm. Am I the only one who remembers that? Yeah, well, you are you're a Jack Sparrow fan. I don't yes, blame I you for that, but you know much more about the yeah. pirate movies than I do. Yeah, yeah. So and trust me, Lee. Don't get mad. I'm just saying you know much more oh, specifics about the pirates. I do because they're some of my favorite movies. So, but and yeah. I shook Lee's hand today three times. Hugged him as we were leaving. Hugged him. Not <sighs> even going to go there. Yeah. All right. So. Um, it was interesting. Isaac was talking to Gold, and mm-hmm. he said, "Well, my happy endings, my happy ending is room service, indoor plumbing. That's that's my happy ending. <laughs> you know, you can have whatever else you want, but I so. don't think he's going to go camping anytime soon. No, I'm not a big fan of camping either, and I do not want to start talking about that. But so, in <laughs> in discussing the quill." It comes out that the quill cannot bring back the dead because they were talking about Bay. Right. And he says, well, 
do you want me to bring back Bay? I don't think I can because the quill can't bring back the dead. He said, we can't change the past with this quill. What we can do is change things from right now. Right. So basically everyone that's alive, we can change their situation now, which hopefully they will heed their script now. And called a sequel. Well, yeah, but I just I, I hope they are listening because sometimes they play around with the whole death thing. Well, they do. But remember when he also said, he goes, look, you know, um, <clears throat> what I can do is he goes, I can take away your memories of him. Right. And, and yeah. that's when Rumpel's like, no, no, I want my memories. And then he said, well, I can make it so that you, you know, you, you think you tried to save him and right. basically soften the blow of his death. Right. To make it more palatable. palatable to him. Yeah. And but what did that speech remind you of? He goes, no, no, no. I want to keep my memories of him. Oh, it was uh, dreamy. Dreamy. Absolutely. Yeah. I need I need my pain. It makes me <laughs> grumpy. Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. Sorry, people. We're we're gonna be giddy here and there. And yeah, we're it's gonna just, we're, we're gonna still fanboy coming off of this Sorry. high. So <laughs> the one other thing I wanted to mention is I heard Cruella type music. Yes. In Gold Shop. Yeah, absolutely. He and, was playing that because that yeah. was he still is holding uh, carrying a torch for her. Sure. And I think he was actually hoping that he could theoretically bring her back. Yes. He was going to I think he was willing to try it if he thought he could because he or maybe he knew he couldn't and that was the point, but in his mind it's a way to kind of keep her memory close. So Isaac was continuing continuing to write the story. Yes. And then he wrote the end. And there were some flashes mm-hmm. and big old earthquake. That story was done. Mm-hmm. And all that action, and we talked about that at the Regal Con panel, is mm-hmm. what makes a story in a book active. And I guess writing the end, that makes it, okay, now that book's in play. Yeah. The previous one was not. The previous one is still sec- technically in play because it must have ended at some point, right? Okay. Yeah. Which we discussed that in that panel was whether or not that book really did actually end because we didn't see the words the end. True. True. That wasn't a finished story. So I think what he did was by saying the end with this one, it superseded the previous book. Mm-hmm. It's not that it took it out of play. It just carried – it just kind of continued yeah. where that one left off. That's a good point. So like if a book is continued. not finished – Yeah. It's, it's a to not, be continued. Yeah. And then you use the characters in something else, it then moves them, moves that story along, either continues the story or changes everything you know about them. So Henry, after the end is written and we, the earthquake and all that, we see a very post-apocalyptic view when Mm -hmm. Henry is all alone. It's almost like a twilight zone. Dude, that was creepy. Remember the guy with the glasses and all that after the end of the world? Yeah. He's just all by yeah, himself. It was sort of like that. Great episode. But yeah, that and, was very creepy. And they also, I believe, tipped their hat to the whole Welcome to Storybrook thing. Yeah. When the skipping record, you could hear it. Yeah. And it was kind of like finding a sound. You know, sound like a dripping faucet or something that's driving you crazy. Yeah. And you just look around. Where is that coming from? And he went into Gold Shop, and the record on the old style turntable was skipping. Right. It was at the end, and it wasn't 
Anyway. Right. And that was because he'd woken up. They, the earthquake kind of knocked mm-hmm. everybody out. And that's what was kind of like, wow. So then Henry, after his wonderful driving instruction with Charming, mm-hmm. gets in the car and leaves Storybrooke. Which I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where are mm-hmm. you going? Where are you going? Yeah. You know, I'm thinking to myself, dude, he, they're not outside Storybrooke. You have to know this. Right. And I think... From the look of the the blouse and the shirt that the waitress is wearing, I believe that he went to the coffee mug. Possibly. I didn't catch that, so I'd have to watch it again, which I plan to. If that I could can, be just my kooky handle, idea. But if I can handle all, I know. all no, the emotions. No. Hang in there. We're going to get there. So Henry becomes the investigator. So and he's a smart kid. Reminiscent of Emma. Absolutely. The, Takes after mom. Right. The bail bonds woman. Yep. And bail bonds person. That's what she calls him. And so he has all these pictures and all mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. And, and they were such great pictures, too, by the way. Yeah. So then we see Isaac Heller yes. at this, what appears to be, I saw flashes of, Da Vinci Code at the beginning mm-hmm. and all these other Indiana things Jones. where Indiana Jones where these halls. writers yeah. are lecturing in front of this crowd. Yeah. And Nicholas Cage, uh, National Treasure. National Treasure. Yeah. So, so there, there's a lot of movies where someone is is giving information. Right. 2010 or whatever, another uh, movie. 12, maybe. Yeah, 2012. Yeah. And the... We see that it's almost kind of like, I, you know, I have Regal Con in the brain, and it was like Regal Con. Yeah, it was. Everybody was, it was dressed up it was and a fan listening. Convention. Right. It and really was, which was kind of funny and very timely. And yeah, that was hilarious. It was a heroes and villains tour, and everyone was there dressed in the. There was bows and princes things, and looked like a Thor hat, and there was yeah. all kinds of different yeah. things. I yeah. I didn't write everything. There were even down, but. there were even costumes that reminded me of Regina, Evil Queen yeah, Regina. Yeah. So it was kind of funny, which we find out later oh. wasn't Evil Queen Regina. Yeah, there so. was there was wonderful Queen Regina costumes at RegalCon. There too. were. All right, so. We go back to the what I believe is the coffee mug. It could be someone different, but mm-hmm. again, it's this whole lost twist where yeah. it seems like it's kind of up and up. And you see Henry come in and start asking questions, and the waitress says, "Well, it looks at the pictures. I don't, I don't know any of these people." And then mm-hmm. she goes, "Let me check." And so she gets on the phone. It's you know, we see the kind of devious look over at him, and mm-hmm. she's on the phone. Yeah, he's here and whatever. I think he's a runaway. Yeah, so no. she it seems like she's in on some kind of nefarious something. Yeah, I think that's more than on. anything she just said, "Hey, when when a kid comes to you and says, "Hey, have you seen these people? Do they look familiar? Are these this is my family." Right. She's going to she's getting suspicious. Not that anything's wrong with them. I, most people would think this kid's got He's he's terrified. Mm-hmm. You can see he's very worried. And so the first thing I think a lot of people would think is he's running from home and he wants to make sure they're not coming looking for him. Yes. And when we go back to the RegalCon looking Heroes and Villains tour, mm-hmm. little lecture hall, mm-hmm. you noticed some words on the back wall. I did. Ars longa vita gravis, which means art is long. 
life is short. Mm-hmm. And we heard that at RegalCon. I think David Anders said that in his yeah. uh, panel. Life is short. Yeah. Go for what you love. Yes. All right. Uh, so, and when Isaac was talking, he was saying that what this is what happens when he when villains win the day. Yeah. And that's a very medieval term. Win right. the day. Right. Right. So. Well, and he he said he wanted to write the stories from you know different perspectives, different endings for Charming and Snow, and you know, the heroes and to show that the villains could win the day. What would happen if they did? And this right. is what this was all about. And it was a story long time in the making, longer than you would believe, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of funny. Of course, we know what he meant, but, you know, they, those folks wouldn't have known. There was a fan of the book dressed in a very, I from what I remember, as a Robin Hood looking yeah. costume. Yeah, yeah, And she said, please, in the sequel, can you give Regina a happy ending? Please, can you do that? Can you please just we just promise me, you know, tell me, tell me, tell me what's going on. And she puts a button down that says "Long Live Regina," and of course, I'm giggling because I know fandom, <laughs> I know podcast fandom, uh-huh. and I know they love to make buttons and give out buttons. And it was just, I was just howling with laughter because yeah. it was just so funny to see the truth of it all. You know, and Adam and Eddie, they love to fold stuff like that into the story. Sure. So it's like, yeah, guilty as charged. It's almost like a rock band watching Spinal Tap. Yeah. You know you don't want to <laughs> laugh and say that's me. But, I mean, most rock bands go, yeah, we did the small stone hinge. Were you there that day looking at us with the yeah. small stone hinge thing? You know, yeah. it happens to all of us. We get lost in the back of it. We do. Hello, Cincinnati. Hello. Hello. All right. All right. So, but it also reminded me when she was talking about Regina needing a happy ending in the sequel, it reminded me of Misery. Mm. When yeah. When a fan of the book said, yeah. you have messed up so-and-so's story. You need to fix that. Yeah. I, you killed off whatever and all this kind of thing. Oh, that was such a creepy movie. Yeah. So creepy. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just wrote down, it's like a convention. And, and Isaac was talking to one of the fans and he said, no spoilers. <laughs> so. Well, it was her. She yeah, yeah, leaned know, down yeah, yeah. and he said, she, sorry, no spoilers. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yay, I agree. No spoilers. Yep. So, and we didn't get any spoilers too much from the cast either. We really did They were didn't. very good. They, they were, were awesome good. about that. So Henry. Yeah. In fact, Lana hates spoilers. She yeah. said that in her panel. She hates them. Yeah. So I'm like, woohoo, that's my girl. And so Henry finds the author mm-hmm. and threatens him and says, "I've got the at these at this convention thing, this this lecture. Yeah, I have the page with the door. I have the key. I want to put you in this. Yeah, where's my family? Where's my family? I don't know what you're talking about. You're lying, mm-hmm. and you better tell me, or I'm going to use this key, and we all know what's going to happen. And it's interesting. There's a Really interesting idea that paintings, and it's been used in a number of things where paintings can be alive, that mm-hmm. a person actually can go into a painting and, you know, have adventures and all this stuff. Mary Poppins. And Mary Poppins. And so when they're in this room and, and Henry's talking to the author, Isaac, he, Isaac says, no, your family are in these books. They're right here. 
they're not you know locked away necessarily, but they're in these books, and they they live in the books, and their stories are being lived out in the books. But he said Emma's not in the book because there's no room for a savior in my story. Mm-hmm. And we find out more about that as the we story do goes. Indeed. So. And he also says, well, Henry, you're not from a magical world. That's why you're stuck here. So that's why you're here and not in the book. But it's interesting that Emma was in the book, mm-hmm. we find out later, mm-hmm. but she has no magic and, and all that. Right. So I guess they definitely wanted to keep Emma and Henry apart. Right. So, yeah. Makes for a good story, doesn't it? Dramatic story. Absolutely. So then Henry is pulled in to the book, this Heroes and Villains well, book. Well, he's pulled in because he knocks out the author. I right. was like, he tackled him from behind. That mm-hmm. was cool. Then he, and then he went and grabbed, knocked him out, and then he grabbed the book, and he used the key on the first door he found, which was towards the end of the book. Yeah. So. And... You said something that I didn't catch, but it's right on the money. Is that's the first time that Henry's ever been to the Enchanted Forest? Yep. So he's, of course, looking around and checking things out, going, Oh my gosh, the thing I read about, it's actually real. So now we see, now we know that Emma has been to the Enchanted Mm -hmm. Forest, and now Henry has. This is her third time. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's Henry's first. That's pretty cool. And so it's. He is in this place, and then the author just slams him with the book and knocks oh, him yeah. cold out. Yeah. So I get re- he returned the favor, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then we see Henry tied up to this cart. Yeah. It was on its side, and the author said, okay, the, the thing about this story is there is, it's cold, there's no running water, and something is always trying to kill you. Yeah, that was the about this land. Yeah. And he... This place, yeah. And he also mentioned that when you hear the bells ringing, mm-hmm. that's toward the end of the story. And that's when that's, nothing can right. be fixed. Right. Or changed. And it'll stay permanently that way. And because you mentioned that's the last part of the story, the last right. page. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I got to talk about this ogre. Now, we have had, I've had interactions with Ernst. Mm-hmm. C. Ernst Harth. Yeah, Ernst C. Harth or whatever it is. Yeah. And he actually played the original ogre in the first indeed. season, second episode. And he also played the burly man in Storybrooke. And they changed the ogre, made the ogre CG. Mm-hmm. Then he sent me a message. And he, he said for the, you know, they do the... Uh, kind of a re recapsuling of the story for mm-hmm. the next season. Mm-hmm. They CG'd him out. They removed him from that. Remember the scene with the fire and they had, they had Regina oh, yeah, yeah. and all the things. And the ogre was one of the things he pulled out of hair yeah, and yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. Well, in this reworking of it, because they did CG ogres, they took him out of there. And so, you know, I, I think about Ernst a lot when I when I see these ogres. Now, this ogre yeah. situation, it reminds me of Lucas and Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. 
every time I see an ogre, it's completely different. And then this ogre has clothes and things swinging and the little, I, I don't know, tassels or something. And it, it's just, it gets more, it's different every time. So it reminds me of Jabba and all the different variations of A New Hope. So Yeah. With that scene put back in. All right, so the Rumple is the Ogre Slayer, which is interesting because he <laughs> didn't want to fight in the Ogre's War, but Correct. in this villain, our hero story. Heroes, heroes versus villains, yeah. Then now he's the Ogre Slayer, which is yeah, kind of yeah. funny. And so he comes through just like, you know, any any kind of good deed movie, like a Western with mm-hmm. a guy in a white hat and all white, and he runs through and is a, yes, madam, I've saved your town or I've saved your whatever. And oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and then he says, he says, good deeds come with no price. So I've got to save the next town. Goodbye. You know, <laughs> it's just that's what he does. So it's, it's almost like Superman, like a superhero. It's like, yeah, I've got to go rescue a cat out of a tree. So I have to go. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. The. So Rumple is a knight, and he just rides off into the sunset to go save somebody else. The interesting thing is we see this hole in the log, and it didn't hit me at first, and it hit me later that the, I call her Bandit Queen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where she lives, and that's where Snow right. lived. She was wearing the same clothes Snow wore. Yes, but but I... I so really yeah. what happened was the roles got reversed. True. Yeah. It's exactly it what just, happened. It, it was a different looking tree that she was living in, and that's what kind of threw me a off. A little bit, but so. it, I knew exactly what it was. It was, ah, we're going to see Regina wearing Snow's outfit, and sure enough, we did. Regina but, looking very much Bandit, like Bandit. Bandit no. Queen had a bow. Yeah. So we had a little... Uh, at least for me at this point, a little reference to Robin Hood. But Snow sure. also used... Well, Snow used a bow and arrow, bow too. bow and arrow. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, again, Henry, we kind of flash... I did. I flash back to season one when she's trying to explain the book to everybody. Mm-hmm. And no one's listening. It's the same thing now. He's talking to Regina. Look, I'm your son. <laughs> Look, you know, da da And it's just... I wish you would have said... I keep doing this, you know. Yeah. It's, just, it's happening again. I can't, you know, I need to explain this to people. But Yeah, that was funny. So the, I have to say Regina is a fantastic actress. You mean this, Lana? Yes, Lana. Lana is an amazing actress. It is late. I said the it wrong thing. Lana is a fantastic actress. This role... Mm-hmm. That she was playing of Regina mm-hmm. as the Snow uh, Regina mm-hmm. is it was completely different, and it, the the tone was different. the The heart was different. It just it it was a whole Did it different. Remind you of anyone? No. It reminded me a lot of Ginny when Ginny okay. played Snow that way. The original Snow. Okay. She had the same sassy attitude, the same I can take care of myself, the same I need to get the hell out of here before she kills me, you know, regret. It was very much like she had she just channeled Ginny. And Ginny, by the way, channeled her very well. Yeah. 
So, I mean, the two actresses clearly spent some time together and they watched each other's work or whatever, but they, they did such an amazing, amazing, amazing job of this. Well, Lana had mentioned that this was just so much fun. She did. To switch roles and to play the other side of things. And I would imagine, we haven't heard yet, but I would imagine that Jenny just had just a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Playing the evil Jenny. Yeah, and yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, she did. So Henry said, well, we have to get Regina to kiss Robin with true love's kiss and we'll fix this whole thing. I think. Because that will fix everything. Right. True love. Well, yeah. Well, kiss True Love's is, Kiss does. Yeah, Kiss is a great thing. But, it, I mean, it's always the go-to thing. Yeah. Whether it, it, it works well, or sure. not. True but, Love's Kiss conquers all. True. If you, if you believe Sleeping Beauty's song, True Love conquers all. Yep. And Robin Hood is Regina's competition now. <laughs> so they're they're on the same side, but they're competing. They're kind of like podcasts about the same subject. They're, it's that kind of a thing. Uh, Okay. So the queen, Ginny, or the queen, Snow, wants uh, Bandit Queen dead. And so <laughs> I love, one of my most favorite scenes is when the author is walking through and he gets caught up in that rope trap where <laughs> Snow was caught and right. Snow falls. Right. No, I'm sorry, Snow Snow falls. snow falls and snow okay. drifts too. Yeah, both yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here's the funny part: Did you pick up what he said earlier when he came back and saw that Henry was gone? It's like, ah, oh, dang it, the Ogre Slayer! I wrote this story. You'd think yeah. I would know, kind of a thing. He was right. mad at himself, and then not a few minutes later, he walks right into his own trap. Dummy. Yeah, He's and I totally obsessed with trying to make sure that nothing happens and trying to find Henry. That it throws his story off. Not that we've ever seen anyone that's so passionate about revenge or something that they just forget about things that are very obvious. But I love Henry reading the book like a map. Yeah. It was almost like a a compass almost yeah. okay the six paces okay there's a pit there oh and I want to walk there and he walks around he it. walks around it yeah. so it's I I love how they put so much importance on books. Yeah. And on, on the reading written word and how powerful they are and it's no mistake that they do put in little lines like, well, the pen is mightier, you know. And Well, if you so. think about it, when you see something on the screen, whether it's the small screen or the big screen, if you're looking at a movie, a TV show, and you're watching it, there's usually so much going on that your eyes only catch 75, 80% of what's really going on. It's really tough. If you go back and rewatch it a few times, you might eventually get that whole 100% of what's being thrown out. But if you think about it, it, watching something on the screen is fantastic, and I love it. I'm very visual. But reading the words and using your own imagination to read what's being written, because most authors will write the details that your eye doesn't pick up. Right. So the whole fact that Henry was reading the book and knew to step around the trap, if he'd seen it on a TV show... You know what I'm saying? If he'd seen that same scene, he wouldn't have known to walk beyond that, around that trap. Because, but because he was, so that's the importance that they're placing on the written word. That's what I'm saying. The, mm. uh, the you know, writers of the show are saying, look, you, you see things, but you don't have all the details that are written into the actual written word. Read the book. Read the book. And, and I do, and I'm going to say this, is that this book was almost like a map. 
you use it in your life. You use it to actually make steps in your life. So it's kind of fascinating. The book was like a map. And we see evil team seven. Not we the did. nice team seven. No, they were little knights. Oh my gosh. And I had a feeling it was them when I started seeing when he kept looking around and he was kind of hazy and you could still see little little figures popping up. I'm like, it's team seven. Yep. It was team seven. I loved seeing them. That was awesome. It was it was so great to see the actors actually you know, as we were leaving, you know, we said goodbye to Michael and uh, Faustino and Lee. It was just really, really cool. And, and seeing them on screen is like, oh, I saw you just a few hours ago. I just hugged him yeah, like yeah. two, it was three just hours really, ago. Hugged him yeah. goodbye. It was really yeah. sweet. It was really very sweet. And I, you know, I, I do love seeing them on screen. I think they add so much to the story. So then Grumpy found the long-lived Regina pin on Isaac. Yeah. And he knocked him out. Yeah, he did. There's a lot of knocking out in this episode. Yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of that. Yeah. So we did see Evil Queen Snow, cleavage and all, with wonderful short hair. Oh, up. they they really like kind of punk Snow. They looking. did. Yeah. They punked her up a little bit and made her look like Regina, like Billie Jean from that movie, <laughs> The Legend of Billie Jean. Yeah, yeah, yep. And so. It was interesting. He was talking. The author was saying, well, I'm on your side. And she goes, well, no, actually, because at that point he was he was kneeling kneeling on the ground. He goes, no, you're actually on my feet. And she had the quick, snappy comebacks that Regina mm -hmm. usually has. She looked fantastic. Absolutely fantastic in that dress. Mm -hmm. Uh, She she looks great. And she played it so well. And it just it kind of suited her a little bit. It was it was really cool to see. And yeah, she's got the snappy comebacks and the quick one liners that I thought was really fun and very Regina. Again, she channeled Regina. She did. And it was it was very, very Regina. Yeah. And I wonder I wonder if Lana maybe was in the background at some point and was yelling up, try it again. You didn't even do it right. <laughs> no. There were a lot of funny little uh, behind-the-scenes stories that the actors yeah. were telling. Yeah. And, again, we won't go into it, but it was just just think that what goes on behind the scenes after the camera stops is must be really a lot of fun. Yep. So, the, so then... <laughs> It, you know, it's funny when you think about Belle using the the dagger on Rumpel. Now we see the evil Snow, Jenny, using the heart of Charming <laughs> to call him over. Oh yeah, and to control. It was just, it was funny. It was the Get in opposite here right, right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Oh, if only, if only you could have my heart and say, "Pick up your socks now." I said, oh, "Now, dude. do it now." It would be really dangerous for me to have tomorrow's your heart like trash that. day. Yeah, no, it would be. Don't really, forget, yeah. it'd be really dangerous for me to have your heart like that. Yes, indeed. All right, so so Grumpy keeps talking about it. He goes, I'll I'll kill the author. <laughs> Just give the word. <laughs> I'll I'll do it right now. So, but 
Well, that's because the uh, Isaac kept saying, wait, 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 I know things, I know details. And, and Charming's like, uh, don't you think you might want to listen to what he has to say? Well, then Isaac really starts to kind of build this case. He goes, you know, this guy's a pale imitation of his brother. Oh, I yeah. know you fell in love with his brother. Yeah. He's not the brother. Yeah. And it was just really, it was interesting that that he would try and kind of make that case. Oh, yeah. I mean, playing upon her weakest point, the thing that made her want to seek revenge in the first place, he knew her, he knew her weakness and he, and he didn't hesitate. He knew the wounds and he poured salt right in the open wounds. I mean, crazy. So then he told the evil snow, he said, you know, you need to kill Regina and Henry because they're yeah. trying to undo everything that you've really been working towards. And I don't want you to have, lose that either. I want you to have this. This is what we. This is the best thing. So, yeah, no, don't be doing that. So again, one of those snappy comebacks is, is Evil Snow said, "Do you have a brain in that pretty head?" So you know, again, it's one of those lines on there. No, I think she said, "You do have a brain in that pretty." Yeah, head. yeah, yeah. So yeah. You, yeah, that's that's what I meant. <laughs> that's what you need to help me. It's, it's really late tonight. Yes, it is. All right, so. It was really interesting when Regina was pleading with Snow because Snow caught her, found her. And then we see Robin Hood uh, rescuing Bandit Queen, kind of riding by. Mm -hmm. And it was very reminiscent of Snow and the whole thing. Snow and Charming. It was adorable. It was a very, very adorable way for them to fall in love. And then we go over to the scene with... Zelina, well, Robin Hood's talking to Regina, and he said, well, my new bride-to-be, which is Zelina. Oh. And so we see how that is coming together now. I will tell you, that was so much fun watching Rebecca be this sweet, innocent, lovely, happy-go-lucky, no-care-in-the-world Zelina, not the Wicked Witch of the West. That was awesome. We may have more to play of her in a little interview coming up. We might indeed. We and might. and yeah, she she said she had fun with this episode, by the way. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that too. But yeah. All right. So Henry, to me, is the August and the Yoda in this story. He's really kind of trying to give people this sage advice and give them information and trying to kind of help them get somewhere. So Regina was talking to Henry Mm -hmm. and she said, well, you gave me the worst thing ever hope, Mm. which is the complete antithesis of what uh, snow always was saying. Right. The greatest thing you have is hope. Right. If all you have is hope, that's enough Mm -hmm. and charming said that as well so they have to stop the wedding and then henry tells regina about the savior so it's it's this whole kind of again it's season one where he's trying to explain all these things how important it is and who this person is yeah and and all that i noticed the charming's castle was an island and i thought that was kind of telling was it or the the evil snow no, Evil Snow's castle was Regina's old castle. Okay. It looked like an island to me. So, 
there was no bridge and there wasn't no connecting something. It was maybe I missed. I it. think I think you might have missed it. the The prison was an island. Well, the I guess okay, that's what kept, I meant. Yeah, that's not their castle. That was just okay. the prison where All they right. kept Emma. So and Snow locked up Emma. Yeah, and Emma was acting real crazy. Oh, dude, that was some crazy. Yeah, that was like Fifty Shades of Crazy. Yep. And so, not in a bad way. Yes. And so now that is the end of Operation Cobra. Part. Part one. one. And so now we go to Operation Cobra Part Two. I played a sound that didn't work. That's kind of been this weekend. <laughs> Things haven't worked. All right. So let's jump into Operation Cobra Part 2. The one thing I'll say about these two episodes is that it really felt, it didn't feel like two separate episodes no. played one after the other. It did seem like like a number of the stars said over this weekend. It seemed like a movie, a two-hour yeah. film. Yeah. And it, it did. So we see Rumpel, Bell. And their baby, little baby, little baby, and so you know, it's a classic picture of just a perfect life. You know, beautiful wife, beautiful husband, who's a hero, mm -hmm. little baby. What more do you need? You know, you have a house, you know, roof over your head yep. in fairy tale yep. land. So, so Isaac is there. He dropped by, <laughs> and pop by for whatever directions or something and mm -hmm. to slake his thirst. Well, yeah. And he didn't like the water. He, he, it's a little murky. Yeah. He oh, said, I'll go dry some fresh stuff from the right. well, which by the way, was probably going to be just as murky. Mm -hmm. And again, he likes the convenience of indoor plumbing. Right. Well, yes. And also it's kind of interesting. Somebody from 1966, maybe he's used to good water. I don't know. It's just like, especially now. Well, it's yeah. like, oh, what is this? You know, Perrier. Oh, you know, I don't want Fuji water or whatever it is. So. Whatever. All right. So he warns Rumple about Henry. And, and again, we have this, this idea. Remember, we saw the apprentice get on the bus next to mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, young Lily and kind of explain all these different things. So we have this mysterious person. Pop in and tell Rumpel something. What did What did he say to him? Well, he said, "You know, you've got to stop this wedding." No, you've got to stop Regina and the boy. Okay. Did he not say at some point he'll be your undoing? No. Well, he no, was pretty but, close to saying that he. Mm -hmm. it, it, if you allow this, he will ruin what's what you yeah. have, which pretty much is what the seer predicted. Right. Mm -hmm. Rumpel would be. Undone by a young boy. Right. We thought it was Peter Pan. Right. Originally, we thought it was going to be Henry. Then we thought it was Peter Pan because we realized, oh, wait, wait, it's Peter Pan who did undo him, who did do whatever. But at this point in time, actually, looks like it is actually Henry. Well, yeah. Right? Yeah. Think about what happened at the end of this episode. Mm -hmm. Rumple's no more. The Dark One. Right. That was the thing he was afraid of most, is not being the Dark One anymore. Mm -hmm. Because he didn't want to lose his power. 
Well, and he was afraid that Henry would be his undoing. So, in a way, the Rumple in and the heroes and villains story will be like the possibly the Rumple Gold that will be going forward. Because in this story, Rumple said to Isaac, "You've been sent here to corrupt me." Yeah. So he's worried. He's yeah. fearful of he's these, becoming this fearful. guy telling these stories he, that he's got to kill people and all yeah. this and what's going to happen. That's his cowardice showing up. And then I'm Isaac just saying this is fulfilling the prophecy of the seer. Mm-hmm. So he said, "Kill Regina or be exposed as a failure," because if if he didn't, he explained that. He knew that Balefire actually died differently, right? Than Rumple remembered, right? And so, if Regina succeeds, then you're going to be exposed, and everybody's going to know that you're basically a coward, right? And the funny thing is, that's what's going to happen. So, as we move forward, and and again, sorry, before we move forward. That is a huge manipulation again Mm -hmm. on his part. Right. He manipulated Snow. He manipulated Rumble. That's what he's done this whole entire time is manipulate people. Mm -hmm. So. So then we shift gears and I see a very clear Star Wars-ish story. (laughs) We see the building of the group to perform an action. And part of building this group is rescuing people and all that. So I just wanted to say that right up front. Yep. And we see little Easter egg words and things and all that. Yes, we do. So Henry asks Hook to rescue Emma. Right. But Hook is serving Blackbeard on Hook's boat. Yeah, on the, on the Jolly Roger. So again, we have flip-flop. We do the indeed. story. We do indeed. And reminded me a little tiny bit of what had happened, except for the whole serving him part of Jack, Captain Jack, right? And Barbosa. Barbosa took over. Again, sorry, Lee. I don't know that much about what she's talking about. I've seen the movies. You know I what? Just don't remember. I can have conversations with Lee about that All later. Right. Please do. All right, so Henry is reminding me a lot of Luke in that there's a lot of rescuing going on. So in a way, he rescues Hook from being a deckhand to being who he really is. Mm -hmm. And so, again, you know, we've seen that in season one, who they really are and and, and waking them up out of sleep and and that kind of a thing. And it's happening again. Mm -hmm. So Henry's saying, no, you need to learn how to fight and all this kind of thing. You, you've got to do that. And he goes, Oh, I can't (laughs) hook when, when Blackbeard basically said no to any type of rescue operation, hook quickly grabbed a brush yeah. Instead of a sword, because he goes, no, 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 you don't understand. Blackbeard's, you know, mean and all. Oh, well, I have to go scrub He's the, the captain. Yeah. Nope, nope, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Right. So he says, I'm a deckhand, not a soldier. And so they, he gets the boat. They get Emma. 
No, no, no. Uh, they get no, on no, the no. boat. They get on the boat, well, and they get to the because Henry island. basically knocked out Blackbeard. Right. Henry's like kicking butt here. Well, and, and that was the whole Luke thing is that he he did what Hook could not do. Right. And he was trying to kind of show him, no, no, no. This is basically what you do, because in a way, Hook probably showed him absolutely which is well he interesting, showed yeah. him how to sail a ship right so you'd think he taught him how to fight i mean he taught bay how to fight henry may have had some of that kind of ingrained you know natural inherent talent from his dad and then to turn around and i'm sure with all the time they spent hook probably taught him a thing or two we certainly get- taught emma a thing or two about it, which we find later. When they right? get to the island yes. where Emma is being held in the tower, they Hook brings this other person in with the hood over his head mm-hmm. and shackles on. Yep. And so when I saw that, I went, no, that's, that's a new hope. That's yep. just like they yep. did. And then that's when they said it. it he said, I'm, I've, Brought him from the land Kashyyyk or something. Yes. And yes. I, started I brought giggling. an important prisoner from the land of Kashyyyk. Mm-hmm. And we were like, ah. Uh, and then and then Henry actually said, Wookiee, Wookiee. The Wookiee prisoner, prisoner gag. Gag works every time or something like that. After they knocked out yeah. the, the, the uh, guard. guard. Yes. And Which I thought was interesting. There was only one guard. And I'm like, why is there only one guard? I, maybe we, you didn't. No, because of who it was. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Because of who it was. So Emma is being held in this tower. Mm-hmm. She remembers everything. Yes, she does. But she's powerless to do anything about it, and that's right. why she's chained in the tower. And uh, in a lot of ways, I wrote, I wrote down Star Wars in Fairytale Land, and that's really kind of what it was. <laughs> Just it this real like fun it. romp, you know, yeah. and... And all that. And the Black Knight that they locked out, the Black Knight that was guarding yeah. her, actually wasn't just some no-name Black yeah. Knight. Red it was shirt Lily. number two. Right. <laughs> and I really did enjoy that they're using Lily more, that she wasn't just yes. a side character. Yes, but here's my big question. Where the heck is Maleficent? That's a, that's a good question. How did he miss writing her into this story? Mm-hmm. We should have had Emma dealing with both of them. She's still alive. She's still alive. She's still around. She's there wanting to teach Lily how to be a dragon. Prince Eric is still alive. Well, yes, he is. He was not in the story, Eric though. still alive. Right. Yeah. All right. So, the and Emma kind of takes over for Henry in the whole kind of taking over. And she said, you know, load the cannon. And then out flies Lily as a dragon just breaking the wall of this tower. Right. To chase after them because they're back in the boat now. Which at first I was like, why the heck is she not? Why is she circling the the tower? Mm -hmm. What is she doing? And then I realized she still hasn't learned how to be a dragon yet. Mm. That's why she's not able to, you know, completely... Immediately sense where they are. I'm sure that has something to do with it, and that's why they were e- easily able to knock her down. Is because she hasn't perfected it yet. Yeah, I and want Emma knows more. This. I want more Maleficent Lily. Yeah. Well, hopefully Story. we'll get that next season. 
All right, so Emma says, Lily, come on. And they shot her out of the sky. And I said, did they slay the dragon? And that's another trope and another yes. theme in these fairy tales. That makes Emma the dragon slayer, yeah. if that's the case. But I don't think she actually slayed the dragon. She just knocked her out of the air. So she drinks what is in the flask of <laughs> the no longer soldier and no longer swashbuckler. It's actually the deckhand <laughs> hook. Takes a swig and says, what is this? She goes, well, he said it's goat's milk. <laughs> well, what about rum? Says, no. No, no, I'm allergic. Right. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. I loved that. The, that was quite a funny scene. I noticed that they had the evil war table. Yeah. If you remember, the initial war table for the good side, with Charmings and uh-huh. part of Team 7 and Granny and... Mm-hmm. Ruby. And, and Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy Cricket. Geppetto. Geppetto. And even Baby Pinocchio. Yep. Well, That was a tan table. It was lighter colored wood. Right. And this was a a very, and I got to say, a very Star Wars looking gray and black. Yeah. So very it was very. Severe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, and Granny's there. At the evil war table with Team Seven. Yep. So I don't know. I mean, obviously she's switched in this story from being a good granny with a crossbow to being bad. She was a little evil there. Just a little bit. I shook her hand, too. I hugged her. Beverly Elliott. Yep. We heard her sing. We did. It was awesome. Man, what what a weekend. All right. So it reminded me when... Evil Snow was walking around the table of the Untouchables. Mm-hmm. You probably have never seen the movie or the scene, but Robert De Niro played Al Capone. Mm. And he said, "What? what's the greatest thing about... He goes, what's the greatest pastime of all? And somebody goes, baseball. He goes, that's right, baseball. And he picks up a, a bat and he says, you know, the whole team's out there. He goes, when a man stands on the, on the base or on the mound... What is he? And so he goes, part of a team. That's right, part of a team. And he goes, they don't they don't play for themselves. And he's walking over. And as he's giving this monologue, he stands behind this guy. He goes, because if a man stands out there and isn't not part of a team, he's out there for himself. And he goes, and I can't have that. And he just knocks the guy out. And he, the guy doesn't breathe anymore. Yeah, that's right. And I was waiting for that. And she stood behind Doc. Poor Doc. I know. Poor, poor Doc. She yanked his heart out, crushed his heart. He was gone. And it was very sad. It made me very, very sad. Because, wow, it was very sad. But what would have made it worse is if it had been grumpy or happy or sleepy. Right. Especially because we just spent the weekend with them. Yeah. That would have killed me even more. I know. So, but I still, I, I've always gone under the impression that once you crush a heart, the person is really totally dead. Yes. So but, in this story, that's not the case. Uh, yes. And we we know exactly why that was the case later. We'll talk about that. Yep. All right, so Emma begins to train Hook. 
She does. And it's really kind of fun. Karate so, kiddish almost. Mm-hmm. And so we see Henry kind of start this process and then Emma takes over and then continues the process. Right. And and the whole scene with her and Hook while she's teaching him and telling him about muscle memory and all that, that was their falling in love moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, she already loved him, but that was his falling in love with her moment because he didn't remember her. So it was very sweet to watch that. So they said Emma is uh, evil Snokes called Emma the Mad Hag locked in the tower. And so she, I think Emma was telling the Charmings, I need you to believe mm-hmm. in hope. Yeah. And then they was also mentioned Save Henry, which was from season three, that yeah. hashtag. And uh, the charming hook fight. <clears throat> that was a lot of fun to watch. Oh, dude. Yeah. In the castle there. Or no, that was out on the street. And I wondered yeah. if that area was the same area where Rumple and Hook fought in the crocodile. Mm, I wondered. I don't know. So, but that, that fight was pretty incredible. And then Hook got killed by Charming. I... Lost it. I know. Completely lost it. Mm-hmm. First of all, because I'm thinking to myself, oh, dear God, fix this now. I really wanted to scream at the authors, fix it. Fix it. This is wrong. You just killed right. off the one of the best characters ever. Don't you? I was absolutely just completely, oh, my gosh. That just killed me. And then to watch Emma. Watch her heartbreak, having watched Neil die, mm-hmm. and then falling in love with Hook after that, and then having to watch him die, and her keeping her memories and knowing that. That was like, okay, that's just too much pain, people. She can't have that much pain. That's just too much. No, that's not right. Fix it. I was very unhappy about that. Very unhappy. And very sad. And crying. Belle called... Rumple, the light one. Yes, she did. So, in a later scene, Emma confessed she never told Hook that she loved him because Emma was talking about seeing you evil, seeing you yeah. guys evil. Yeah. I really started to think about that, and I never told Hook that I loved him. Right. And after he is, he was dead. Well, how in the heck are we here yet? Did we miss some stuff? I'm just skipping ahead. There's I have a oh, number gotcha. of pages. I was to go. like, I was like, I didn't know if you were like. I'm like, did we skip a no. whole bunch of stuff? No, I think we gotcha. should just kind of hit the high points. So the next thing we see is the Robin Hood, uh, Zelina wedding. Yeah. And did you notice something interesting about the officiant of the wedding, the priest? Hmm. It was the same one from the pilot. Same was gentleman. Really? Yeah, well, I looked at his face. And oh, that's awesome. Name, so. I didn't even notice that. But yeah. that would be really awesome if that's the case. So, of course, they started hearing the bells chiming. And they're like, whoa, this is bad. We have to stop this. Mm-hmm. And that's when they told Regina, you've got to go in there. You have to stop it. Robin, kiss Robin, and this will all be back to the way it's supposed to be. You have to do it. It's you. And then I loved Rumple. No one's stopping any wedding, dearies. So that was yeah. a hint of the rumple we know. It was a huge hint of the rumple we know. Right. 
Rumple, good Rumple shouldn't have been calling anybody dearies. Mm-hmm. So, and I love, I love the whole scene where he and Emma are fighting. She's like, "I'm stopping you. Go. I, you got this, Regina. Go, go, go. You can do this." And you know, Regina standing there in the doorway and looking at the whole ceremony and just being like unsure of herself. It reminded me of when she first saw Robin in the real book, where she saw him in the tavern. Yeah. And didn't go in. Right. It was too scared to go in. I'm like, no, no, don't make the same mistake twice. And then we see that Emma is fighting off Rumpel, but then Rumpel pulls out his light magic, quote unquote, and he pushes her away. And now she's knocked out. And Henry's like, um, no, this isn't going to go down. I'm doing this. And he starts fighting him. And he's like, at a point where he goes, you're not going to kill me. You're a hero here. And he goes, I'm sorry, I have to do this. And that's when Regina jumps in. And it, even though up to that point, we'd, then we saw, well, right before this, we saw Robin turn as he's about to say, I do. It's very classic. Mm-hmm. That whole, if you're having second thoughts, the person who's having second thoughts, they kind of, it reminded me of The Graduate almost. Yeah. Except for without the shouting. It reminded me of a number of movies where it was this whole thing of somebody turned and looked and saw the real true love and realized they couldn't go through with it and they walked out of the wedding. And I was waiting for Robin to do that. And then Regina jumps in front of the sword and saves Henry, which I was like, oh, that's an act of true love. But it's not true love's kiss, so it doesn't work here in this particular story. Right. So then – then the bells kind of keep chiming and it's like, Oh God, we're too late. We can't change anything now. Emma's like freaked out. And Robin comes running out and rushing to her side. And, you know, Zelina, we started to see her true colors. Mm-hmm. She started getting really unhappy. I've got blood on my dress. And he's like, this woman's dying. Can you see she's injured? You know, have a little compassion. She's like, it's running my day. It's my day. It's about me. Zelina's true colors showing yeah. right there. And then we saw her turn green and then she started to run away. Um, which, by the way, that in and of itself did change the book. Mm-hmm. If, if, if nothing else had been done beyond that, that already did change the book because it didn't end the way it was supposed to. Right. Right. So it changed the book. And then Regina laying there and then that's when Henry saw the pen out of the author's uh, bag and he realized that's what was going on. That was a fantastic scene. That whole thing. Mm. I was absolutely sobbing through the whole yeah. scene because I couldn't control it because I mean, watching Regina make a huge sacrifice like that being, you know, the hero, the good one in this case and Henry taking up the mantle of being the new author and Emma kind of going whoa what's going on well, i mean that was a that was an incredible scene and then plus watching the potential for regina dying having met lana this weekend and mm-hmm. had a really amazing moment with her which i will share on the other podcast that we do um other episode other yeah. episode you know what i mean mm-hmm. um i that just i couldn't i couldn't contain it it was just a highly highly charged emotional scene and and again hats off to the writers cuz they pulled Every last one of my heartstrings. Well, when Henry picked up the quill and it glowed, it, yeah. it reminded me of Lost, uh, the changing of the man in charge. Yeah. And yeah. finding somebody new to take up the job. Yeah. And so that's what I, that's what I saw. So 
the they well, go back. Well, yeah, they do. But Story before they Brooke. do, Emma was ready to save the day again. And again, it wasn't Emma's blood that was required. And Henry yeah, was yeah, a smart right, one right. and said, it's not your dark blood. It's not dark anymore. It's not here. You're not the savior here. So it's not light magic, light blood mixed with dark. It's It's got to be hers. Because Regina was saved, still yeah. – she was still – she still had the evil queen original blood in her, quote unquote. But then she now had this light that she had within her. Well, and that's why it was her. It had to be hers. And I love the fact that Henry said, you know, the the sacrifice of Regina, you know, basically thwarted um, Isaac's mischievous plans, which I thought was awesome. And it wasn't. We've talked about Regina being the savior and sacrificing yeah. something. I thought she was gone there for a minute. I did too. So, and I was freaked yeah. out. Like you have no idea how badly I was freaked out by that. But I was thinking, no, 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 they can't possibly. do I'm that. I'm afraid to look at Twitter. I, I, I oh my gosh, it's, it's probably still full of all kind of things. Yeah, but people getting scared. <laughs> and I, I just wondered. I wonder what that room was like at Regal Con because I had to. I had yeah. to we had to we, come home. We had to come home. We had to get the dog from the anyway, but. Um, Anyway, I just I wonder what the room was like during the whole twist and turn. So I will tell you, there's part of me that wishes we had stayed and watched it there with everybody. On on the flip side, though, there's another part of me that is glad we weren't there because I would not have been able to control myself yeah. in the room, yeah. and I was screaming at the TV. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm screaming, yes, yes, no, 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 right. no. I mean, mm-hmm. I would have been a huge hot mess, and I'm pretty sure everybody else would have been. I think we would have missed a lot of stuff, but it would have been kind of cool to have shared that experience with everybody. So. Anyway. So when Henry rewrote the end of the story, yeah. that reset everything yeah. and it sent everyone back to Storybrooke yes. from this enchanted forest yes. where they were. Yes. And so then we have this kind of, where is everybody at? And so Regina's alive. Emma's alive. Yes. And Charming and Snow Charming come and running Snow around the corner. Are, right. And so Emma and, says, and well, And the apprentice is alive. Well, wait. Right. The whole reunion with Snow and her mom. She told her, you know, I just, I realized I was holding a grudge and I can't do that. And that's why she just, you know, hugged her and apologized again for having held the grudge against her. That um, yeah, that whole right. scene was very sweet. It was great for a Mother's very, Day very, as well. It was. It was yeah. a perfect ending for a Mother's Day. And then then she's like, Hook, where's Hook? Where's Hook? Mm-hmm. And then she ran back to the, the loft. And when she looked over and he wasn't there, uh, that just... I'm like, no, 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 no. There's no way based on what was said, because that was when the author explained that, um, you know, because of Henry, Henry's like, wait a second, you know, what's going on here? Um, I thought, you know, thought she was dead. And he's like, no, no, no. Remember what Isaac wrote wasn't real. Right. So because Mm -hmm. it wasn't real, it didn't happen. Basically, it it was undone because it wasn't the truth, and that was the point: is it needed to be the truth. So, um, so that's why uh, when Emma went in there, I'm going, no, no, no. He just said, he just said, he just said, right. And so then I'm like, all, why is Hook the exception? And then when he popped up over the loft, I'm like, <gasps> well, and I think it fine. was a theme of. A guardian angel yes. up above. Yes. Now, he wasn't dead, but no. he was kind of 
looking you know, out, anyway. looking over everything. Yeah. I love so, that he just said, no, I woke up before your parents did and I wanted to make sure and I was looking for the boy. I came up here to look for the boy. And then when she attacked him, was really cute and sweet and totally filled with love. And, and I'm going, oh, great. She's going to say I love she you. She cheesed out. She, she, she freaking cheesed out. I look, was like, oh, come on. Yeah. You had that opportunity. I mean, here you tell Regina to go right. kiss Robin because you didn't get the chance mm-hmm. to tell the man you love that you love him like ever. You never told him even right. in our world. And now you're going to cheese out like that when he's back. Are you kidding me? I was mad at her for about we, two, three minutes. And I did. And I do want to mention this is we did see Rumple drop the cup in the scene with we him did. and we saw the chip cup. Yeah. So that survived in the story because it was important to Rumple. Yeah. And, well, and even, even in their great perfect up. story. Absolutely. She mentioned, she said, yeah, no, 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 the, the cup's okay. It's just chipped. Yeah. You know, so as a sweet kind of romantic little thing, he right. left that in the story. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was really cute. So the author tries to leave town. We see Sheriff Charming stop the car. Oh, yeah. And actually, it was Sheriff Charming and his wife getting out of the other side. Yep. And so they both really kind of stop him and say, why? Why why did you do this? What's going on? And he said, it's basically one bad boss. It was like you. He always tried to, you know, control me and tell me what to do. And that's what started all this. Dude. And you know we've talked about this before. What causes right? What causes certain things to happen way down the line? What makes a bad person bad? And and that was it. So he really had a thing against the heroes. Well, that was the thing. It wasn't that he had a thing against the heroes. He had a thing against people who thought they were better than him. Okay. So the charmings, he, he, in his mind, he perceived that they were. They thought they were better than he was, which is not the case at all. They were just innocently on their way to deal with their child. But what was interesting is, is that his thing was, you know what? I I wanted to be the hero. And Snow looked at him and goes, you, you weren't the hero. You were the villain. You became a right. villain. And he and just kind of like, oh. She, she said, villains make themselves happy at the expense of others. others. Right. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what's been happening with a lot of these villains. They make themselves happy at the expense of others. Regina's the exception. She never really yeah. made herself happy. She tried to make herself happy at the expense of others. She never really succeeded. And after the author left, there's a really great scene with Rumple mm-hmm. and Belle mm-hmm. in, gold, in the gold shop. Yep. And she finally is really honest with him and said, you know, Rumple. We didn't need a story. We didn't need a made-up no. story. You could have been a good man here yeah. Yeah. in the real time you had in Storybrooke. You could have had a real great marriage. Yeah. With a wife who loves you. Mm-hmm. Who could love me? I do. Go with Will. Go be with Will. I don't love Will. Right. And I was like, okay, poor Will on the one hand, but I don't think he really loves her either. I think they're having fun. You know, They're a comfort to each other because I know – I'm convinced he loves Anastasia still, and I don't know what's going on with that, and I hope we find out next season, but I'm telling you right here and now, he's not in love with her either, so I think he was trying to fall in love with her to maybe forget Anastasia, but my money says he still loves her. 
And so it was, it was fine. I mean, she told them the truth. You could have had this right here, right now. You didn't have to make this all happen. You didn't have to do what you did. You did this to yourself, basically. Now, which we've been saying all along. Yeah, and, and I am not. There is there are a couple of scenes at the end of Lost in the final episode. There's a really nice party scene. Yeah, where everyone's getting together to listen to a band where Charlie's playing, and Jack arrives, and that's really kind of. A cool scene, but then there's also a scene in the church mm-hmm. toward the very end yeah. of the episode, and there's always these kind of scenes in grannies at the end of mm-hmm. the finale and probably the pilot, some kind of ce- celebratory thing. Yeah, and I one of my favorite songs, in the top ten somewhere mm-hmm. is Three Dog Night Shambhala. Mm-hmm. I love that song. It's just a cool little '70s rock thing yeah. and they're playing that at granny's yeah they are and so robin hood and regina are talking and so they mention that Zelina is locked up and she's pregnant and regina says and we can we can we'll handle that together we'll we'll work on this and take care of it and you know do whatever needs to be done and go the ultrasounds or whatever so but uh so one of the big things that's coming in season five is Lily wants to find her father. Yeah. Yeah. She mentioned that he was a dragon changer too. Yeah. So, and that's what that uh, little claw was from her father, actually. That's what I, yeah. Yeah. That's what I think too. So then Emma said, well, let's find him. Let's find your father. It's something important to, kind of answer questions in your life. And the apprentice finds the way to pull the darkness out of Rumpel. Yes. By using the hat. Yes. And once the darkness is pulled out of Rumpel, the darkness will not be contained in the hat. Breaks out of the hat. Well, and what happens first? The name on the dagger disappears. Yes, right. So Rumpel is no longer the dark mm-hmm. one. So it didn't it didn't take all the stars in the clock tower and all that kind of thing. It just took the apprentice, I guess, who is powerful enough. The apprentice is pretty powerful. To use the hat to pull the darkness out. And then the name was removed. Yep. And then that actually reminded me of the end of The Exorcist. Oh, where. Creepy where the demonic spirit or Satan is flying around going from person to person. That's what it reminded me of. Mm. And so the Emma had the light magic to kind of, um, basically push it away. Right. And it, it ended up going around into the middle of the night. So, because she took it out of the apprentice, Mm -hmm. she was able to release it from the apprentice. And that's when he said, it can't, it can't be contained. It needs a soul to, to, you know, to basically reside within. Which again, it's very much another reference to the exorcist as well. The, the apprentice said the sorcerer battled the dark. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not the dark one anymore. It's just the The dark. dark. Yeah. And so 
he said, you've got to set the sorcerer free. Yep. And we finally got the name. And I, I think it was a number of people that felt oh, yeah. the sorcerer was Merlin. Absolutely. Which really opens up the door to the whole Merlin story right. and Knights of the Round Table and right. all that. Right. So that will be Arthur some and fun. His legend stuff. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. So the apprentice said, we must stop the darkness. Yep. We need to find Merlin. Eyes. Did he die? I don't I, think so. I hope so. not. I hope not. We heard Timothy Weber at the beginning of this we did indeed. podcast, and he's a great, great actor. I was, I, I was really enjoyed what he did tonight. Yeah. It was really a lot he of great really scenes. He was really good. I liked him. And so Emma finally said the three words. She did. That some guys say way well, too soon. He, well, because she was trying to save Regina, because she saw mm-hmm. Regina was going to go back to the darkness, and or was going to be consumed with it, and she realized that would be far worse than anything else. And she looked at her parents, and she flat out said, you figured out how to banish the darkness from me before. Yeah. Find another way. Find out a way to do it again. You can do it again. And so then she absorbed she she jumped in and she told hook she loved him before she uh she succumbed to the dark and it was interesting because um everyone's kind of like going no 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 and then she gets enveloped by the darkness and you can kind of see something's going on something's going on and then all of a sudden the the darkness the swirl of emma and the darkness goes up kind of almost in the air and then phew it's gone, and then the dagger drops, and then the name is written on the dagger. Mm-hmm. She's the dark one. Dark Emma <sighs> Swan. And I wrote at the end of it, it's really it's what Rumpel wanted this whole season. It's exactly what he wanted. He, he wanted got, Emma to go dark. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, when his heart got kind of put back into his chest, mm-hmm. did you notice his heart was pure white? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Does that mean he's going to have light magic now? Well, and the apprentice did mention, though, that his adjusting to this new heart will probably take some time. Right. So I don't know if we may not see him for a while, get back into the show. Well, they preserved him. Right. Right. That's right. He preserved him so he wouldn't... he wasn't even sure if it would work and he preserved them so that they could maintain things the way they were. So there wouldn't be any problem. So he at least did that before all the, that other stuff happened. But dude, that was just a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. There were lots of yays and a lot of no. And a lot of <laughs> sobbing. Yeah. Sorry. That was a little dramatic, but so, you know, and there are funny lines too that made me go, huh? That was pretty funny. So it was just it was the gamut of emotions today. It was indeed. That's all the notes I have. And That's a lot of notes. We jumped around a little bit and please give us some time to kind of make up and get back on track. We we still have the main show for mother. Yes, we do. And we now we need to do the main show for Operation Mongoose one and two. We also need to do a Regal Con show to kind of discuss that. So there's a lot of, I guess we'll be busy during the hiatus here and there doing some things. A little bit, yeah. So, but Regal Con was fantastic. We'll definitely talk more about that as time goes on. And there's some really fun things that we 
we're trying to work on, and it looks like they're back in play. So you and us will be really – it's going to be cool, that, that it's things that we're cool. working on. So yep. that's it, and let's do this right here. I love this music. So what I want to do is send big love out to everyone – and remember, big love is so big mm-hmm. that you cannot keep it all to yourself. Yep. Take what you need yep. and give the rest to someone else. And so on and so on and so on. Yes. That's what makes life worth living. I know it's hard sometimes mm-hmm. to give love to people, but that's really what makes life worth living. So I want to say hi to all the new listeners. I was really busy on Twitter, live tweeting at panels from RegalCon. And mm-hmm. so I just want to say hi to anyone who's listening to us for the first time. And thank you for that. So thank you for listening to us. However you found us, downloaded, listen on the website, whatever. We really, really, really appreciate that. So until next time, this is Jeff and Colleen Roney saying see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Roni's Own Media production. Our website is onceuponatimepodcast.com. You can contact us by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash contact. You can also connect with us on social media by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash connect. If you enjoy what we do and would like to support us, we invite you to go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. There's a number of ways that you can help us out, and we truly thank you for it. The Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast, where you experience more of the magic of ABC TV's Once Upon a Time.